the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, March the 18th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today on March 18, 1940, Adolf Hitler and Benito Mussolini met at Brenner Pass. The Italian dictator agreed to join Germany's war against France and Britain. Today in 1766, uh, Britain repealed the Stamp Act of 1765. The Stamp Act, I don't have time to get into it this morning, but the Stamp Act was um, one of those straws that broke the camel's back. And it was not well received here. That's why it was quickly repealed. Today in 1922, Mahatma Gandhi was sentenced in India to six years of imprisonment for civil disobedience. I think he served... About two years, it wasn't long, I remember, they let him out. He didn't serve six years, but he was sentenced to that. Today, in 1925, what was called a tri-state tornado struck southeastern Missouri, southern Illinois, and southwestern Indiana. The reason I mention this is because it was in 1925, and it resulted in about 700 deaths. And yet... It was one of the worst tornadoes in history. And yet we keep hearing that these tornadoes every year, seasonally, that we have here in the United States are caused by climate change. Was the climate changing in 1925? Actually, it was. It's always been changing. The climate is not static. God just didn't create it that way. It warms and cools. It's stormy, and then it's not so stormy. It's always changing. But that's being foisted on America as one of the big lies, the climate change. The way it's presented by the left is not exactly the way it works. And there's a whole host of scientists out there. I'm not one of them, of course. But a whole host of scientists out there who are saying otherwise, but they just can't get published because the press has bought into Ocasio-Cortez, Elizabeth Warren, and Joe Biden's idea of the New Green Deal. That's, that's why we don't hear from the other scientists. We only hear the selected ones, the appointed ones. Today, in 1942, President Franklin D. Roosevelt signed an executive order authorizing the War Relocation Authority which was put in charge of interning Japanese-Americans. Milton Eisenhower, the younger brother of Dwight D. Eisenhower, was appointed as the director of that. Today, in 1974, most of the Arab oil-producing nations ended their five-month-old embargo against the United States. It had been sparked by American support for Israel in the Yom Kippur War. There were other issues as well, but that was the main thing because of course, the Arab nations don't like Israel. They never have, and they probably never will in this life as we know it. 
Today in 2018, Vladimir Putin, Associated Press says, rolled to a crushing re-election victory for six more years as Russia's president. A crushing re-election victory. Interesting. Joseph Stalin is often quoted as saying, those who vote decide nothing. Those who count the votes decide everything. There's a group of people, historians out there, not a large group, but a, a smaller group, but a group of historians who have worked their fingers to the bone, literally, to discount that and, and discredit it. And they have gone endlessly to prove that Joseph Stalin never said that. They say they finally, the bottom line is that one of his secretaries wrote it down as a fact uh, at the time that he should uh, said it according to, to the secretary. And it was entered in the notes of the secretary and later published in a book. It was also said that Joseph Stalin said, I regard it as completely unimportant who in the party will vote and how, but it is extremely important who will count the votes and how. Whether or not he said those things, I don't know, but I know there's been an awfully lot of effort to discredit the idea that he actually said that. Whether he said it or not, I think history shows that he probably would have bought into that idea, whether he said it publicly or not. One of the oldest ones that did say it, and it is on the record, is Napoleon III, the nephew of Napoleon Bonaparte and France's first president. He said, and it's on the record, May 26, 1880, he said, I care not who casts the votes of a nation, provided I can count them. That's a prevailing idea that surrounds the whole notion that we live in a in a time in our world and in our country where corruption has gotten out of hand. There's always corruption because men, men is men and women, but mankind is fallen into sin, into rebellion against God, the fall of man, Adam and Eve, Eve seduced, led her husband. They disobeyed God. They entered into a rebellion against God. And because we live in a rebellion against God, there is corruption. And corruption must be controlled. And the only control, according to John Adams, and if I have time, I want to come back to him, our second president and one of the, one considered to be one of the, mo- the finest theorists or constitutionalists of our founding fathers, a group of whom created our Constitution. But it was John Adams who said himself, after helping write the document, he said our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It's wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And James Madison wrote along those same lines. He wrote that our Constitution requires, quote, sufficient virtue among men for self-government. Otherwise, nothing less than the change of despotism can restrain them from destroying and devouring one another. In other words, it's either a virtuous people supporting the Constitution of the United States in the context of Judeo-Christian values, or it is a despot like Putin or Stalin, or whomever, ruling with chains and whips and other restraints. That's the choice we have in the world today. Now, it's not defined that way by many, but that's 
is the choice. Jesus in America is a national study that was released this month. It was created in a partnership between the Episcopal Church and Ipsos. That's a polling company. The research found that while the majority of Americans polled believe Jesus was an important spiritual figure and they feel that he wanted to bring equality in society, it also shows that Christians are not necessarily practicing what Jesus taught and Americans feel judged when they talk about their beliefs in a culture that was based and founded on Judeo-Christian values being the undergirding the foundation for the very freedom and liberty that we have. The study, the Episcopal Church, I know the Episcopal Church is not evangelical for sure. I've talked about that church often on this program, but they often interchange in the study Jesus and religion as one and the same. They're not the same, and we'll get to that in a moment. But in the presentation of this of that survey, I think there's I, I think there's some things that we biblical Christians who care about the culture can be informed from. And I want to talk about those this morning. I'll get back to that in just a moment. But I want to thank you for your support. We it's not a cliche, but I've said it often. I would not be here without you. It just wouldn't happen. And we would just silently go away. I suppose that could be said about a lot of things, but I can say it with a lot of uh, insight and, and authority on this ministry. Without you, we would not be here. God's calling could be in my heart, and it is very strongly so to do what we're doing. I can't tell you the intensity of how much I feel the Lord has directed me to do this. I wouldn't do it otherwise. But I will tell you, that without you standing with us, we would not we would not be having this conversation today. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for that. The notes that you send are encouraging. I'm not encouraging you to write notes. I am encouraging you to support us. But the notes you send are encouraging. Thank you for your continued efforts in keeping us informed from Seattle. God bless you. Dear Gary, thank you for being God's voice in troubling uh, in today's troubling times. May you be the watchman on the wall. May God's lamp shine brightly on your nation, on our nation, and people all around the world. We need the Lord more than ever. Um, so true. That's from uh, Tucson. From Olympia, Gary, thank you for telling us the truth about what's happening. We've listened to you for a year now. Thank you for all the research you do and for the timely broadcast. God bless you. From uh, Wenatchee, God bless you for just being there and words of truth and comfort, healing words from the evilness of so many, even to the killing of children in our culture. Thank you for your support. We will be here as long as God gives us breath. and We're able to do what we do, and you support it. It's very, very important. These are very trying times. They're not like any other times I've seen in my lifetime in relationship to ministry. Some ministries have shut down over the past two years. These are difficult times. Some have not, obviously. 
But these are difficult times. And if one doesn't keep his eyes on the Lord, uh, it can be a very trying time. No question about it. So thank you so much. If you have been listening, you feel there's value in what we're doing for the kingdom of God, but you're not supporting this, would you prayerfully consider supporting what we do? We need you. If you are supporting us, thank you so very, very much. Our address, and we need it. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go to our website, faithandandfreedom.us. Be sure it's .us or you'll end up somewhere else that I don't want you to go. I want you to go to our website. And there's a, um, it's faithandfreedom.us. There's a tab there you can click and you can donate online. And more and more people are doing that now because it's convenient. Or you can put it in the mail to box 399 Bellevue, 98009. Thank you in advance. ISPAS is a generally reliable survey company. They just released this study this week that was paid for by the Episcopal Church. I don't know what the motives or what the Episcopal Church hoped to get from this study, and I'm not going to get into that. But I do want to talk about what I got from it and what all of us who are biblical Christians can get from it. The study and the Episcopal Church interchange, as I said, Jesus and religion. But from our biblical worldview, we can take a look at how people responded. And it's very, um, I think it's insightful. It's informative. If you care about the kingdom of God and care about the culture, and I know you do. You wouldn't be listening if you didn't. ISPAS found the polling company, and they're, they're pretty reliable. They're fairly well known. They're not conservative or religious. But they found that Jesus does indeed make an impact on our society and on the culture. But it's interesting how that impact plays out. In fact, 84% of Americans believe Jesus is an important spiritual figure. And that same 84% feel equality in our society is the most important virtue. So you have to conclude that they feel, the people, the collective people that that were polled, believe that Jesus, 84%, believe that Jesus is important, but they also believe pretty much the same 84% that in our society that the most important virtue is equality. So that is kind of extrapolated from that is that Jesus represents equality. Interesting where that goes. In the, On the poll, uh, I put some charts. I wrote an article on the poll itself today, and I put pictures of the charts and everything. There's a lot of information there. But I want to just cover it in a few minutes today and, and get to the conclusion of what I want to talk about. But you could assume that those who feel Jesus is an important figure who makes an impact on society also believe that his most important impact would be to bring about equality, which has now morphed into equity in the culture. Remember, it used to be equality, the cry. The the people on the left, they, they were like a siren in the middle of the night calling for, demanding, yelling, whatever. We want equality. But all of a sudden, We all want equality. We want people to be equal because God created us equally in his sight. 
all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and all can come to the cross of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sin and eternal life through Jesus Christ. God is no respecter of persons, the Bible says. We all want equality. But in recent years, the last two or three years in particular, the left has in lockstep movement, almost like you would expect from Stalin or Putin or somebody like that. The left has in lockstep stopped using the word equality and have started using the word equity in its place. Equality means we all have equal opportunity. Spiritually speaking, we have equal opportunity to find forgiveness of our sins, and only can we find forgiveness of our sins through Jesus Christ. But all, all have that opportunity. In America, we all have an opportunity in true equality, have the opportunity to see our dreams fulfilled, start a business, get a job, become whatever, a doctor, a truck driver, whatever you want to do. That's been the story of America. That's what equality is about. But equity, equity is not about equal opportunity. Equity is about equal outcome. So it doesn't matter what your dreams are. We've got to have everybody in a group and identified. And within that group, there's identified groups. There's the gays, the transgenders, there's the blacks, there's the whites, and all of them are oppressing one another. And then the left has control of that, and they become the arbiter. The left becomes God in their worldview, and they control all of this. There is no freedom. Our founding fathers understood that. They talked about it when they wrote the Constitution. I quoted a couple of them a moment ago. But that's what's happening here. So this poll really represented a group of people who, for the most part, I mean, the people that paid for it, the Episcopalian Church, and I know there's exceptions, but generally the Episcopalian Church is not a biblical church, and they don't preach the gospel from their pulpits. Believe me, I've known some and known the casualty of some. I've known some who have walked away from the Episcopalian Church and publicly resigned their membership over issues like that. But unfortunately, too many have been misled in the pew at those churches and others like them. But this is a snapshot of what motivates the religious left in America, equality or equity. The mission the mission of the religious left is to get to equity so that we all walk across the finish line together, whatever that finish line may be, because that gives them control and it breeds corruption of which they can benefit. That's what's going on. It also leads to all-out support for Black Lives Matter, which is a corrupt organization. I mean, it's the news. I'm not breaking news on that. The LGBTQ+, with its derivatives of so-called same-sex marriage, transgenderism, etc., even in some cases such, such as those with so-called deeply religious beliefs, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, President Biden's undying support, they support abortion. But they do so in the name of the Lord. So when a poll is taken, do you think Jesus is helpful or hurtful to America? Does Jesus have an impact on the culture of 
the answer is, of course, yes. Oh, yes, Jesus is has a great impact. I'm a Christian. I'm a devout Catholic. I'm a devout Protestant. I'm whatever. But it isn't really about Jesus. It's about me. And it's about me showing you how to cross the finish line and be equally equitable with everyone else. It's not about freedom. It's not about liberty. And it's certainly not about the kingdom of God. Because in my confession of Christ, my confession of Jesus and Christianity, I am denying the very basic tenets of faith that Jesus died for on a cross and was resurrected. That's how screwed up we are in our world today, and that comes out very clearly, at least to me it does, in this poll. I hope when you take a look at it on our website or just from our conversation today, I hope you see it as well. Evangelical Publications, a couple of them took a closer look at it. Christian Headlines is a uh, Christian organization. It's an evangelical news organization. They know that they write good stuff. I mean, they write what's in the news. I pay attention to what they publish. They publish a lot of stuff. It's kind of short stories, but or short reports and stuff. But um, Christian Headlines, they noted that the study found that 38% of Americans believe religion makes the country stronger. But remember, Jesus, the person, is different than the more generic idea of religion. And that's why I mentioned a moment ago that in this poll by Ipsos, and they are a reputable company, they keep interchanging Jesus and religion. And it's really not the same. In America now, when people talk about religion, generally, that's changing, but generally, they've been talking about Christianity. Because Christian Christianity has been and is, still is dominant in America. Unlike any other nation, with a couple of exceptions, Uganda is highly Christian, Kenya, Ukraine. I'm talking about people who confess to be Christians, the percentages. But a vast majority of Americans consider themselves Christians when the word religion is used because they're thinking from a Christianity point of view because we are a Christian nation in the sense that we were founded and created by Christians. Well, 38% believe religion makes a country stronger. Conversely, 28% believe that religion in America divides the country. And if we could put aside religion or have one religion, then we could get along and the country wouldn't be divided. That's, of course, a lie from Satan. But 20% are unsure. They don't know. They don't know about what they think about religion. 7% think religion has no effect on the country either way. Those 7% are the most uninformed people on this planet, whoever they are. And I have an idea of who they, what group they might fall into, but nonetheless. The study also found that 6% believe religion makes the country weaker. That, of course, would be the atheists. 6% in this poll. The Christian Post is also an evangelical publication. They noted that just 11% believe the January 6th Capitol riots were affiliated with organized religion, especially evangelicalism and Protestantism. That was something that was addressed in this study as well. In fact, 76% of non-Christians responding to this study agreed 
that January 6th was not related in any way to any religious movement. The Post reported that the study also found that Generation Z Americans, those born after 1996, were slightly less likely to be non-religious than millennials, Generation Y, who were born between 1981 and 1996. According to the survey, 24% of Gen Z respondents identify as non-religious, while 28% of millennials identified the same. But by contrast, 12% of baby boomers, that's older guys and gals, and 18% of Generation X identify as non-religion. Non-religious. One thing that caught my attention in the study was this. Among the respondents who said their opinion of Jesus had shifted within the last five to eight years, 76% of Gen Z, who were born after 1996, said their opinion about Jesus had changed. And it's to the positive. They're more interested in what Jesus taught and who he really was than they had been before. And 65% of millennials, those born between 1981 and 1996, were saying the same thing in this poll. It's interesting. It's very interesting. I've often mentioned French historian Alexis de Tocqueville. He was he wrote extensively. It was like 900 pages his book. I read it some years ago. It's 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 incredible, but it boy it's long. But in his book Democracy in America, he he wrote. He wrote about what his tour in America in the early 1800s. He, t- he wrote about what he had seen, and when he talked about the prominent role of the church, the Christian church, he said, Not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits aflame with righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and power. America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. Writing from his own his own experience, he said European Christianity has allowed itself to be intimately united with the powers of this world. This is a Catholic historian. But now, he said, these powers are falling. It is as if it were buried, religion, under their ruins. The European Christian Church, in his view, had become conformed to this world not transformed by the power of God, and ultimately was becoming ineffective. He also said in the early 1800s, religion in America takes no direct part in the government of society, but it must be regarded as the foremost of the political institutions of that country, for it does not impart a taste for freedom. It it facilitates the use of it. In other words, the, 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 the church is not the government, The church is the leader of the culture which shapes the government, or should, and therefore shapes the culture. If we read, I wish I I had another half hour today now, but I know some are saying, boy, I'm sure glad he doesn't. Let's get him out of here. But if I did, I would talk to you about how, how how government is actually shaped, and it's downstream from religion, from Christianity. Christianity shapes an individual which shapes the culture by the transformation of Almighty God through Jesus Christ. And as it shapes the culture, the culture shapes the government. 
unless the government gets full control of the culture and therefore becomes a tyrant and puts the culture in chains. And that only happens, as Patrick Henry, one of our founding fathers, said, when people forget God. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.